Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComish, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. It is Thursday, November 9th, and we are proudly presented by Hitforth, the high-tech development center that produces pound-for-pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state, uh, located here where I reside in Austin, Texas. They are outstanding. Uh, in Central Texas, you cannot find a better place on the development side for hitters and on the strength side as well. We had um, their director of performance, Andrew Chappell, on a recent podcast. You can go check that out. Fantastic insight. Um, a must listen for players and families. It dives into a lot of maybe common misconceptions about um, strength development and training and movements and the importance of all that sort of stuff. So go to hitforth.com or check those guys out on Twitter at H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H and on Instagram as well. Uh, Drew, you are here. You have a brand new Texas Rangers hat. I was asking before we record, I was like, why, why do you assume that this is new? It just looks new and they just won the world series. So it's, it's, you know, nothing inspires a fan to go buy gear more than, than a big victory, especially world series. But I was asking before gone, I was like, have we done a podcast since they won the world series? It feels like it happened weeks ago, but the last time we recorded was game six. Cause I remember asking you, Hey, do, are they closing it out tonight? And you game abstained. Five. Game yeah. five. Oh, game five. five. Excuse me. You abstained from, from, you know, uh, making a prediction and fear of jinx and all that sort of stuff. But the Rangers did close it out. Big Nate Eovaldi, just they didn't have his best stuff. But classic Nate, man, just competed, <laughs> competed and competed and competed and put up zeros. And all of a sudden that Rangers offense uh, took over. But what were what were your emotions as that was happening? Because this well, is a, a, a long time coming organization that uh that had never won a world series before well i (laughs) i have to admit that i couldn't watch um because i was picking my mom up at the airport oh no Um, so could you at least listen i so i didn't listen while i was driving there Mm -hmm. um i turned it on when the rangers had they got they had a scoring opportunity and they didn't mm-hmm. um so i i turned it off i was like i'm not i can't okay uh, and then with it. yeah and then after after simeon hit the home run to go up five zero then i was like okay i'm turning it on so i put yeah. it on the radio i put it on the radio um so i had about half an inning before i actually swung around to pick my mom up and then we listened to it the rest of the way. So, um, but pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially for Dallas fans, this or city of Dallas fans that haven't had a whole lot to celebrate as of late. Um, but they did it and uh, really happy for the organization. A lot of good people. Obviously, I big fan of Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Um, he was friends with my cousin in high school. So I've known him for a long time. Um, and you know, obviously Katie friend of the pod. Yeah. Uh, the, Another five tool is, pod, big yeah. winner. You come on the show, you win. That's how it works. That is how it works. You either win or get promoted or get a new job. Um, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, Katie, Katie was there. She's in all the pictures and you know, it's, um, you know, 
really happy for her. She puts a lot of work into it and, you know, it, it, it helps too. like, you know, just talking to her throughout the year about the team, like it, the team's just full of like really good dudes, mm-hmm. right? Like they just guys that were all, I mean, we talked about it and I, I know I bring this up a lot, but I always love listening to, um, you know, the, what the messaging is after they win a series or a, a world series or a super bowl or a ch- NBA chain, whatever it is. And I thought it was funny that the, the Fox desk even brought it up to, to Bochi uh, after the fact, there's like, we can't get any of your guys to talk about anything that they did. Yeah. Um, it's all team, 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 team. And, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a mistake that those teams end up winning the teams that actually live that and feel that. Um, but I was okay with, you know, that being a relatively boring world series. Yeah. Right. Um, You'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially coming off of the Astro series. That was, I mean, it's, I don't know why, but like, I, I have a hard time, like postseason baseball is very stressful. Um, I think I find myself a lot more stressed out during a, a baseball game that I'm not at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's hard. It's tough. Um, I get a lot more, a lot more wound up during a baseball game than I do a football game, which for anyone that's watched a Texas football game or a Cowboys game with me would probably be surprised at. But um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's like, especially when you get in the postseason and like every, you get in a situation where every pitch matters. It's, yeah. it's tough to watch. It's it, especially if it's your team. Um, but, but yeah, it was happy for the Rangers. Uh, it's definitely Rangers madness around here. Um, you cannot go anywhere without running into people wearing Ranger stuff. Um, Mary even dug out something that I bought for her when we first moved here and was wearing Ranger stuff around here. Oh, wow. So, there you go. Yeah. And, and typically I, it's funny. I'm never a fan of buying like shirts or merchandise that are specific to a year or year. a game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a game. I just, I don't know why I just never have been. Uh, and I still won't be for myself. I did. I did get my boys some World Series stuff, even though they'll probably be able to wear it for about another couple. Of yeah, days six when months. Grow out of it. Yeah, right. But luckily, luckily, Gray will be able to wear whatever we get for Koi. So, uh, and today's Gray's first birthday. So, oh, happy birthday! Yeah, yeah. He was rewarded with a little eye surgery on Monday, so that was. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's I think that team was a really good example of how you could see clubhouse chemistry pour over onto the field. Like you could see that play out in the way that team performed. Like, yeah, they they were talented. Um, but I think you could make the case that there were probably more top to bottom talented teams in, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um but you just saw the way that team, it's just, it just poured over there. Like it was a, a team that was just pulling all in the right direction for each other. And, and that showed, you know, like, you know, Adolis goes down and nah, no problem, you know, just don't, <laughs> don't miss a beat and go on and, and win the world series. Um, I thought it was really cool, you know, seeing Simeon hit that homer. It was the most emotion he's ever shown, like ever in his career. And that guy is just yeah. the, he is the probably one of the best examples in baseball of like work ethic and makeup and doing things the right way and like never misses a game. Like, you know, like he is, he's the kind of guy you want 
in an organization to just rub off on everybody else. And I think he, I mean, he's probably, you know, big reason why that, you know, that sort of stuff was happening. Seager the same way. I mean, a lot of those guys like, you know, even Scherzer didn't, you know, obviously wasn't as best, but God, nobody was more fired up to be in the world series with the Rangers uniform than Max Scherzer, you know, like, right, right. like he could see him afterwards, just thinking like hugging Chris Young in the clubhouse and like practically choking him and thanking him yeah. for, for training for him. And, and I thought I said a lot too about Chris Young, you know, making it a point to thank John Daniels and, and having his kids yeah. a part of the, the celebration and like understanding that, like how much John Daniels did for that organization and building this roster and, and getting right. it to a point where they could compete for world series. But like I said, so many great people in that organization, we've, you know, we've been able to meet, you know, several of them and, and stuff like that. So um, congratulations to the Rangers and congratulations to all the people that work for them. I know it's uh, going to be a really, really exciting time. And it might be an exciting off season too. If you believe some of the reporting out there from the likes of John Hayman and other people leaking into Shohei Otani. So man, imagine, imagine coming Come on down, of, imagine coming off of a world series and it's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to add Shohei Otani um, to the mix as well. And be like, Whoa, you know, you talk about a, you talk about a big boost there to make sure you keep contending um, each year. So yeah, it was a, uh, after the after the um, NLCS and the ALCS, um, I think we were kind of due for a uh, non-competitive World Series after the way those yeah. those other series went, which was very tense and very tight and a lot of back and forth. So, yeah, Rangers get their first World Series title. I know there's a lot of Rangers fans I know that were just over the moon because it's just like, man, it's been a long time coming. Um, well, and a lot of, I think, a lot I of think, heartbreak as well. I think that the way that game one went um, – dictated a lot of what happened you know like both teams had come off emotional series um played a really emotional game one and the rangers won it you know i mean like in the fashion that they did i think mattered. yeah uh, you know, oh yeah like seawald had been unhittable you know yeah to that point you know like that's it was just it it played out the exact way the diamondbacks had won games like just that's that was how it went and they got their guy the ball and Corey Seager was just better you know like yeah. but yeah that's a great point I mean that was like it felt like the Diamondbacks were just rolling and gave them their best shot with like the way they've always won games in the postseason and the Rangers were like nah yeah. we've got some firepower in this lineup it's yeah. not gonna happen and I, yeah it's like the Diamondbacks just did not ever ever recover from that but uh yeah that uh that Seager home run will will be when you talk about the history of the franchise for years and years and years and years to come, that one's going to rank up there forever. Um, yeah. I, I still think I, I was there for game one. So I still, I, I think I said it last week, but I still think that the Seager home run, it was much louder than when Adolis walked it off mm-hmm. a couple innings later. And yeah, I mean, the, it was, it was absurd. Like it was very loud. So yeah, um, it's like extra yeah. innings. You're like, okay, well we're tied. Maybe we'll win it here. But like the Seager situation, like, oh no, we're trailing in the ninth. Like their closers on the mound, and yeah, it's on TV. It sounded just like the roof had been blown off there. But um, well, yeah, congrats to you on on a, on a World Series title for your Texas Rangers. And uh, in the college and high school um baseball world it's it's a big week it's because the early signing period started yesterday so it is the first day that those 2024 high school players and also those junior college players as well 
um, can put pen to paper uh, or, you know, e-signature and send it in uh, <laughs> for their, for their national letter. DocuSign. Yeah. DocuSign uh, to go from a commitment to officially a signee and, and really join um, that recruiting class. So we, you know, last week we talked about some of the the power five classes and the and mid-major class and, and some of the JUCO guys as well. Um, we're going to continue that, but you know, first off, it's 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 cool just to see the kind of the culmination of years and years of work and sacrifices and the moment that those kids get to share with their family and their coaches and their teammates. Um, it's always, you know, it's always cool to see that, you know, regardless of, of, of where you sign. I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment to to sign to join a college baseball program. But but take us back, Drew, when you, you know, when you were at Texas, what was what was this day like for y'all? I mean, I'm sure it's well excitement, I, but also kind of a sense of relief. Like, all right, let's make sure we get all these in. Let's make yep. sure everybody knows what they're doing. Let's yep. make sure we do it the right way. Uh, and then we can take a deep breath knowing that these guys are officially in the mix. Yeah, it kind of kind of marks the, you know, the the end of the fall, so to speak. Um, so it's it, a lot goes into it. Um, you know, I texted a couple people um, around the country in different positions, you know, off the field that have to do a lot that go into this week as long as, as well as the coaches. Um, mm-hmm. It can be stressful. Um, you know, it's nothing, it doesn't have the fanfare that it does for football. You know, we've talked about that before because in reality, a lot of these kids uh, won't end up going to these places, but it's an exciting time. Um, you know, I always enjoyed the day. I enjoyed very much when it was over, uh, like you said, but, um, you know, especially with the uptick and social media and all that goes into it, you know, you've, you've done, you've had to coordinate the photo shoots, yeah. you have social media teams working on graphics and announcing it. Um, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and it should be, it should be celebrated and, um there's but there is like you mentioned there's a lot of work that goes into it that um that doesn't really get noticed a lot of times yeah um by a lot of people but it is it's a it's a special day um and it should be uh it's it's a big deal for the families it's a big deal for the teams and it is it's kind of like the culmination of a lot of work that's gone into it you know you Mm -hmm. pretty much the entire program is involved in a lot of these recruitments when it comes to scouting the kid bringing them on visits spending mm-hmm. time with them uh as a staff member and you know and, and you know it's your future too so yeah. it's exciting um you know because <laughs> your livelihood is going to depend upon which of these kids show up and how they right. perform and and um and you've gotten to know the families and you know their stories and um and so it's a big deal you know you you know there's a lot of people that have overcome a lot to get to this place and um and everyone's excited. Uh, but you know, it's, I think too, from a timing standpoint, it's kind of it for us, at least we were always pretty much done by this point of the fall. So it was kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, you just wrapped up fall ball, which is a grind, uh, getting ready to go into individuals, which, you know, you finally get to take a breath. Like this is the last kind of big moment of the fall for a lot of people. Um, and it kind of carries you into a, a lull and, and some off time, you know, thankfully for a lot of yeah. people. Uh, but it is, it's a lot of work. Signing day is um, a lot of communication with the families. Like you said, it's a lot of it's done by DocuSign now. So it's pretty easy. It should be pretty foolproof, but there's still some, some, um, 
some steps and procedures that have to be followed. You know, it, we, I would, it seemed like every year, like you, you can't sign before a certain time mm-hmm. on that day. And I believe it's like 7 a.m. local time. Right. And we, it always seemed like there'd be one person that would like send it in beforehand. So we'd have to go back and redo the paperwork and, you know, just little, little, <laughs> little things that drive you crazy when you send it a thousand times and can't be more explicit. Yeah. But it happens. It happens and everyone's excited, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, um, and there's some long emails that may, you know, some of the small details may get lost. So, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting day. Uh, a lot, you know, it's, for the people that are big into recruiting, it's one of the most exciting days. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like each year it gets a little, it grabs a little bit more piece of kind of the coverage puzzle, you know, like it's, it's a little more prevalent on social media. It's a little bit more talked about by places like, you know, D one baseball and baseball America and and people like us Mm -hmm. as well. So I think it's kind of, it's like every year it gets a, people kind of follow it a little bit more closely. And as we've talked about a lot before it, a part of that's because a, more of these guys are ending up on campus. Not all of them are going to end up there. There's going to be some right. huge names that are extremely unlikely to ever set foot on a college campus, but there are more of those elite tier players that are actually going to end up um, at these places. So it, it mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it adds that incentive for, for fans to follow along and, and more outlets covering it and all that sort of stuff. So uh, well, we're going to continue going through some signing classes from uh, I say signing classes. Not all of these guys have signed some of signing today, tomorrow, later on, whatever commitment classes. But a lot of these guys are going to be uh, signings if they're not already for the 2024 group, uh, a couple of power five programs, one mid major program, and then the five of our uh, favorite individual player, junior college um, commitments. Talk about some of those guys as well, but uh, well, I'll lead us off with our, our first Power 5 program, and that's Texas A&M. Um, the staff down there at College Station did another really, really good job. Uh, I mean, they really loaded up in the state of Texas and kind of, bring, as they typically do, branched out a little bit nationally and, and grabbed a guy here or there. But I feel like they especially really hammered the state hard uh, this year when you just look at their list. It's just it's just loaded kind of with a who's who um, in, in the state of Texas, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Wyatt Sanford, probably the headliner, well, actually Cooper Williams would be the headliner of, of the list. Um, he's number 205 to 55 was really good at area code was great all summer. Um, was the guy scouts were buzzing about, um, after his summer, just lanky six, four, you know, can get run the fastball up to 94 miles an hour. The changeup is a swing and miss weapon, um, the breaking ball is probably the one thing that needs to just kind of keep coming on, but he throws it for strikes. It, it gets results. I mean, there's a lot to like, uh, about Cooper Williams. And obviously he's going to be a guy that's heavily scouted this spring on the professional side. Another guy too, Wyatt Sanford, uh, left handed hitting shortstop, um, from Frisco independence, um, gotta be in the conversation as one of the best defenders at shortstop in the nation for the high school class. And, you know, I think scouts this fall kind of noticed, the bat was coming on a little bit more, you know, kind of did some different things with his swing. And I, I think he's, you know, he was all, already going to be a guy that was at the top or close to the top of a lot of area guys list in, in the North Texas. But um, he's going to be a guy that, that scouts are really honing in on as well. 
Sam Erickson from Flower Mound, of course, had that ridiculous playoff run um, last year in, 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 you know, in the fall with the, the North Texas Rangers scout team uh, performed there as well as against some of the top junior college programs. Um, Sawyer Farr, uh, uh, switching shortstop from, from Boswell, a guy that we've known forever. I, I still say, I think if we went back and looked at just five tool summer stats, he'd be up there as like one of the most productive players um, that's ever played uh, in our events. I mean, he's just always, always produced good athlete. Um, you know, a guy that again, scouts are going to be honing in on um, there in the spring, but kind of keep going down the list. You know, they went into Grand Oaks and got both Houston Tomlinson and Mark Barnhard this summer when they, their arrows started really pointing up as right-handed pitchers in the state of Texas uh, Nathan Tobin, I know, is a guy you and I really, really like. Good athlete, left-handed swing, twitchy, um, you know, can impact the baseball. He's gotten stronger. Bryce Navarre, left-handed pitcher uh, from Montgomery, big-time spin. Uh, can really, really, really spin uh, the breaking ball. Uh, just kind of some eye-popping um, RPM data, both at area code uh, TSA, um, he's going to be a guy that scouts are kind of tuned into. That's kind of the thing with this. A I mean, A&M's at a point now where a lot of their guys are going to be that top level um, high school player. But I like what they did. You know, some of those guys that maybe weren't as famous, like a Hayden Kreitz, you know, getting him, switching catcher, um, who had a really good summer. Um, getting He was committed originally to Seminole State. A&M jumped in there, got him on campus and flipped that commitment. Um, Adrian Rodriguez is a guy I think that, we might be a little light on in the rankings because he can really hit like from both yeah. sides of the plate, like and really, from yes. both sides of the plate. yeah, really, really hit. Um, I mean, you start thinking about guys that could really, really hit. There's not many of them in, in a high school class in, in each given year. So, um, you know, that, that what flower mound tweeted out yesterday with their signees was just absurd. Like how absurd. many guys they had, going to major, major college programs, uh, was, was just, it, it was, it was nutty. Um, and a guy too, that we've loved pre-injury that I think people have kind of forgotten about is Aiden Sims. Yeah. Tommy John, like if he were healthy, we'd probably be talking about him as a guy that was a major threat to sign and be drafted. Uh, it was just, the spin, two different breaking balls, the loose whippy arm, the physical project. Like you start naming all these things. And he was a classic example of a right-handed pitcher that was going to pop and, and really become a dude that pro scouts were flocking to um, in the spring to get their final looks at before they made a run at signing him. So um, that's, you know, I mean, A&M, like if you, you know, if he comes back fine from Tommy John and everything like that, I mean, that just might be kind of a, a win for them because he could be a guy that really leaves there as, as a phenomenal um, college pitcher, but a really, really good class by Texas A&M. I, I love that uh, they went to, this just kind of shows that, you know, no stone unturned for, for this staff going out to North Dakota to get Drew Rarick, a six oh, yeah. foot five righty that throws 96 miles an hour. And of course, because you can't live in North Dakota and not play hockey. He is a hockey player um, as well. But I, I think it's just a great example of like, if there's really high level talent out there nationally, I mean, these guys are, are going to go after it, but they also do a really good job of, of taking care of home base in Texas. And, and this, this class is a really, really good example of that. 
Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like we said, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of athletes in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they went to some unusual pockets to find some really good arms that were kind of under the radar, I guess, let's mm-hmm. call them uh, a guy like Max Arlich, a guy that we've seen, um, you know, Caden McCoy uh, it's, it's a, it's a really good class. Um, and, you know, I, I'm excited to see who makes it to campus in this group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about guys like, like you mentioned, like Wyatt Sanford and Sawyer Farr and Trey Craig, like those, those kinds of guys developing under Mike early um, offensively is something exciting to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you've got some, you got some dynamite speed, you know, yeah. you got Tobin, Erickson can really run. Tristan Biddle. Um, Spark and fly too. I didn't realize how fast he was until we started getting run times. Well, at I, you know, and I was I, like, man, I, like this guy can really move. Think about like, there's a chance that next year their outfield could be um, Jace LaViolette, Caden Sorrell, and Sam Erickson. Mm. Like, that's wild. I mean, and, and that's after this year having Braden Montgomery out there too. Yeah. With um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a really good class. Uh, you know, we talk about Nolan Kane had him on the podcast as well. Like he's he's everywhere. He's just one of those guys that seems like he is always in the know about all these kids and what's going on and what you know what's um, what's out there. And you know, he does a good job beating the bushes. And uh, it's been it, it's been fun to watch him to see what he's done at his time at AM because he's put together some really really good classes and then you couple that with the kind of success that they've had in the portal yeah um, it's it's impressive um and and I think it'll continue to be that way with this group yeah there and if staff. if if far makes it to campus the most predictable thing of all time will be how often he's compared to Braden shoemaker <laughs> like oh, it's, it's, it's it gonna, it's like it's going to be endless. It's going to turn into like a running joke, like, you know, the, oh, you know, Colton Shipley were roommates. Like, oh, yeah, Sawyer Farr. Kind of reminds us of Brayden Shoemaker. Um, but I think that they have, if you can make an ideal recruiting strategy, I think that they probably have one of the best feels for it. It's like nail the really, really high-tier high school players um do your work with those guys that are a little less famous you know the yep. Hayden Kreitzes of the world and then have enough of your resources still hanging out so you can go swing for some big fish in the portal like like that to me is the way because you've got to recruit enough high school guys to sustain your talent level consistently every single year you know in, in case of an injury or maybe a guy transfers or a guy goes pro before you think he's going to go pro or whatever it is um so they just continue to really really load up there and another good class for those guys the guys a lot of guys that we're going to see this spring and, and follow them throughout their senior years um who do you got first for your um power I'm five gonna, program you know it's funny we you, you mentioned like you know there's going to be some of these guys don't show up um but so i'm going to go to what is widely regarded as the number one class uh, in the country and I'm going to go over to Baton Rouge and hit LSU. And when you go down the list of this group, like you get almost double digit deep before you get to a name that is what I would consider 
a household name, what is not considered a household name. I mean, these are guys that are, this group is absolutely loaded. Um, yeah. <laughs> you've got Connor Griffin, you've got mm-hmm. Cam Caminiti, you've got Derek Curiel, Kate Aaron Beatty, uh, William Schmidt, Casey Evans, David Hogg, Landon Victorian, Boston Bateman. And I mean, you, it's, it's absolutely like, it just doesn't stop. I mean, Ryan Costello, they went up to New Jersey and got a big left-handed hitting first baseman. And that dude uh, might be like a like a monster, like like middle of the order, big plate skills yeah. power guy. Like, it's, well, what, you it's know. funny. Like, you always look like I, I always think it's interesting to look and see like where these programs recruit, like where you know what patterns do they follow, and you know LSU obviously has cleaned house in the state of Louisiana, like they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got some of the biggest name guys in Texas. Um, they crush California. They always mm-hmm. have with Jay Johnson's background. Yeah, they've they really in, hammered California. They they go into Arizona to get Cam Caminiti. Um, but then, like, it, so when something pops up, like, I think Costello goes to Ranny High School in, in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, this guy must be a dude to – come from a place like that that you know isn't just like your typical hotbed yeah um and i mean so yeah i think the guy can obviously hit <laughs> um daniel aaron Bula, uh guy from ukaipa in california kale fountain another huge name michael ryan shortstop in state from archbishop rummel maverick rizzi uh up from up in massachusetts right-handed pitcher matthew champion from jay sarah stunner gonzalez right-handed pitcher from la costa canyon john pearson uh from big outfielder kind of in the mold of tommy tanks from uh west monroe um believe he has a brother on the team currently uh brady kellenbrink left-handed pitcher from missouri and grant bro from catholic high school there in louisiana um, and then on top of that, they have three junior college signees, Tanner Reeves, a guy we're familiar with from Blinn, mm-hmm. Connor Ware, a left-handed pitcher, um, uh, out of Pearl River Community College and Blaze Priester from a catcher from Meridian Community College. I mean, I, I really don't know where to start with this group. Um, but there's a group of about 10 of them. Like if you get five or six of them you're still probably going to be in the mix for having the number one class yeah. when it, when it's all said and done. Um, and you know, and that, and that's a, that's something that um, has to be paid attention to uh, is how, you know, how many of these guys show up and mm-hmm. LSU's done a good job um, ever since Jay Johnson's been there um, with getting guys to campus. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot to think to make you think that a lot of these guys aren't going to show up. And there's going to be, there's going to be a couple in this list that nobody expects to show up right now that'll end up showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it won't necessarily be the result of a bad season either. I mean, it's just like, it's a, it's one of those places in college baseball that if you get the opportunity to go play there, I mean, it's, it's tough to turn down. And with NIL out there and all that, I mean, it, it, it helps, it'll help continue to help kids getting to school. Yeah, um, and you know it's very well documented, and um, you know without specifics, of course, but w- w- the abilities that some of these guys are able to have from an NIL standpoint at some of these top level programs, and LSU is certainly known for being one of those in that mix. Um, but 
I mean, the class is loaded. Like there are some, re- there's some very physical uh, pitchers in this group. Um, just, I mean, Boston Bateman's a monster. I think they, he's like, what, I can't remember what they call it, like caveman or something. No, like no, that. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Okay. And I like, yeah. so, they've I mean, like, cornered, they've cornered the market on, I think the tallest left-handed really good high school pitcher. And then the, like, I think Maverick Rizzi's like six, nine, isn't he? Like, Oh, it, the, the group as, as a whole, so the six, nine righty and the six, eight lefty. Like, I mean, they don't lack size. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, like when, you know, like Case and Evans for us is, is, you know, always been in the very top echelon of pitching in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, he's with the, the group that they brought in, like it, like, He's usually for ninety nine percent of the programs, like he's a headlining mm-hmm. recruit, mm-hmm. and this class is so loaded that he's in that mix for a number of guys that could be the headlining recruit. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we've always been huge Cam Caminiti fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Connor Griffin just does some things that a lot of people can't physically do. Um, yeah. Then, I mean, it's a it's a physical physical class. Kel Fountain is physical. Um, that dude's got some major bat speed from the right side. Like he's a yeah. he's going to be a monster. Yeah, I mean, same with John Pearson, physical. I mean, he's like I said, he's in that Tommy Tanks mold. That he just, I mean, you know, he can rake. Like you don't mm-hmm. even have to see him hit to know to look at him and know he he must rake. Um, and then like I said, Ryan Costello's a big time bat. Uh, and Tanner Reeves, like we he was one of the, he took off last year um, at Blinn and. Um, Man, like, you know, it sounds like a broken record for us, but, you know, Josh Jordan um, is just a ma- – he's a maniac on the recruiting Yeah, trip. they're relentless. Um, he – he he nothing gets by him. He's seen everybody. He knows everybody. Uh, and that's what it takes to be able to recruit at this level. Um, yeah, this, then, this you know, stuff – this – lists like this are not an accident. Like, you don't just get to throw an LSU logo out there to a kid, like – like they are on guys early. Like if there's a well, huge name or if they're catching wind of a guy that might really, really, really be special. Like they, they're on it, you know, they're like, yeah, like it's, well, it, it's not it, an accident. And on top of that too, like, I think they're very thoughtful in putting a class together. I mean, I, like, you know, it looks like you could just go to any ranking service and go down the line and say, I want this guy, this guy, this guy, this mm-hmm. guy, and this guy. But, I mean, they clearly made some decisions on some guys that, you know, aren't as highly ranked, which, you know, even as people that do rankings, we know that rankings at this point can certainly not mean a whole lot, mm-hmm. you know. And, and like, I'm watching guys that are on the, you know, quote, unquote, bottom of uh, of the class as far as, like, some rankings and stuff go. And, like, you're like, I mean, come on, this guy's this guy is incredible like he yeah. can really pitch or he's going to be a dude or he's going to be a weekend starter um they have a lot of that i mean it's it, it it's it's in, it's incredibly impressive and you know i looking at some of the classes like there's several schools that have a lot of tier one guy you know they're let's call them tier one tier two all the way down to tier four players in some of these classes and you know you can get yourself in a bind if you have too many tier one guys and lose those guys. Mm-hmm. And then if you haven't protected yourself with having a lot of really good number tier two guys, you're not going to win at a very high yeah. level, um, especially in the SEC. And that's what I think this 
like this group accomplishes. Like they got plenty of ones, but they also have plenty of twos that are mm-hmm. going to be really, really, really good college players. Yeah. Um, when they show up and and put on the purple and gold, but uh, hats off to that group. I mean, it's it it's it's incredibly impressive. I mean, it's star studded. It's talented. It covers all the bases from a positional standpoint. Um, and it's clearly, you know, like they covered their home base in Louisiana and went to every end of the country to find the rest of the best. Um, you know, and it's, there's a reason that it's the number one class by a lot of, a lot of publications. And, um, it'll be really, really exciting to see who ends up making it to campus with this group because it is absolutely loaded. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun program to follow because of, they have recruiting <laughs> classes like this, and those yeah. guys, some of those guys, end up showing up and have you know fantastic um, college careers. My second Power Five program of the day up in Lubbock, Texas Tech, which, um, unsurprising to anyone who follows Texas Tech recruiting, they have um, a lot of physicality and a lot of power. Like I feel like like they love kind of the the bigger framed pitchers the guys that can really hit with some pop uh i mean that's just something that's kind of attracted them um throughout the years and you know you got to start with jackson burns being the you know the headliner for that group who's big gonna keep filling out he's got a huge fastball um i think it's got some outlier characteristics it's got some carry through the zone it's a it's a pitch that just performs and looks a little bit differently um than your typical you know low to mid 90s fastball i think his velocity is going to keep climbing he can also really spin a breaking ball it's kind of like a very high spin slurve Tight pitch, um and he's got a change up in the back pocket too that i think is going to be a, a really solid third offering uh it's 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 big upside but it's also big stuff right now as well and he's going to be another one of those guys that's heavily scouted i think in the spring coming off a really good summer but you gotta start there and uh you've got a hawaiian in the mix with with jay souza who uh texas tech got an in-person look at at the 2022 uh pudge rodriguez world classic at melissa and I think it was like a week or so after it was pretty quickly after that, that Jace was a Texas tech commitment. And then we saw him again in, in the, in the Don Mattingly uh, this summer and he was stronger. Uh, just the swing was there. The, the bat speed was there. I mean, he's, he's definitely one of the better left-handed hitting uh, prospects um, in the nation. So adding a Hawaiian to the mix there, you know, guys like, Will Jordan and Caden Richardson kind of fit that mold of kind of the the bigger, they're going to be physical, hard-throwing, power stuff kind of arms that Texas Tech jumped on this summer and added to the mix. Um, You know, Hagen Shedd's been a guy that's been a long-time commitment uh, from the the Lubbock area. Uh, Two-way guy, but I think he probably settles in more as a position player um, in the future. Um, Talented and skilled player. Uh, And a couple of guys, you know, one guy – they added, I think, yeah, it's, it's probably been a little while, but but Connor Mohan, um, we saw him. I, I first saw him in the summer, and I was like, man, this guy's got a chance to really pop. I mean, it's just like really quick arm, uh, one of those frames. It's gonna he's gonna fill into. It's it's loose. It's it's easy. The ball comes out of his hand well. He's got kind of a deep arsenal. 
I think he's going to be one of those popular picks to click kind of an arms that scouts are going to peek in on and say, Hey, let's see if this guy takes the jump that we think is, it's going to happen. It might not happen this summer. It might not have to happen when he's at Texas tech, but he's got those characteristics of a right-handed pitcher that could really take off and become a major dude. And then the guy I've always been a long fan of uh, Kendall Johnson um, left in a hitting center fielder from, from little Elm uh, plays for Doolin's Dodgers and he's probably five, eight, five, nine. Um, but like, it's a surprisingly, you know, impact barrel. Like he creates some loud contact. You wouldn't think, you know, that kind of a frame at this age could create and he can really run, um, summer coaches, you know, just gushed about his defensive ability to go get the ball in center field. And it's just a, the classic, you know, top of the order kind of starter kit. And I feel like this is the kind of guy that Texas Tech's had is one of those kind of undersized, really athletic center fielders that goes and gets the ball, can hit the top of the lineup. Um, he kind of fits that that mold there for the Red Raiders. So, um, you know, they'll they'll continue shaking all the bushes. I mean, they're they're a staff that. You know, we said this kind of same thing about LSU. Um, I think in Texas, you know, if if anybody's popping the senior year, like they're they're gonna go find them. Um, they're gonna get some eyes on them really quick, and, and they're gonna try to add them to the to the mix recruiting wise. So um, another strong class on its way to Lubbock. Um, I'm sure they'll add a few names uh, before the uh, the summer ends and kind of add to that group, but. You know, they definitely don't shy away from getting those kind of those future physical, especially on the pitching side um, and some of those hitters as well. Um, but, you know, a guy like Mohan, I think, is, is a really sharp ad by them. Um, and if they get Jackson Burns on campus, I mean, that's going to be a guy that's immediately going to make an impact. Maybe it's bullpen, midweek starter, you know, eventually weekend rotation. But it's it's going to be an instant impact arm in that class. Yeah. And, you know, Jonathan Christner uh, from from Eaton. Um, I mean, he, he, we, we saw those numbers that Eaton was putting up in the, in the postseason. Um, <clears throat> lot, lot to like there. I, I've always liked Caden Richardson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make, gives them two little Elm guys, uh, which great program, Ryan Jones, uh, athletic. We've gotten to see him quite a bit playing for the, um, Quinns. Another um, big, you know, physical left-handed, you know, a guy that if it all clicks could, could, you know, really mash the baseball in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. You know, and this is like a, a little bit smaller class than they're typically accustomed mm-hmm. to bringing them in at this time of the year. So it'll be interesting to see how active they are in the spring. Um, you know, I think they've, they, they do a really good job of, you know, J Bob's everywhere. And, yep. you know, I, I was, I was really excited for Joseph Hughes to be elevated to that third assistant, um, when he, uh, when he was this summer, when that became, when that came online, cause just having played against him and known him and been in the same role as him for a really long time, um, as you know, him being the director of ops beforehand, I mean, nobody deserves this more and nobody will work as hard as he will. Um, and it just kind of fits that program's mold and how they do things on the mm-hmm. recruiting side. Like he, you know, from, he was the, the first day that you could be out um as a third assistant he, he was, was the out. first person he yep. was the first person that i saw in the in when i walked into the field at melissa mm-hmm. um and 
un, very unsurprisingly. Um, and so he's going to be a guy that just, you know, uh, will be out on the road a lot. And uh, J Bob is everywhere. You see him everywhere. Um, and that's why they've had the success they've had. They, they find a lot of guys and, and do, do the work to find a lot of people that, um, you know, not everyone knows about so far um, at that point, but uh, like you said, another good class. I'm, I'm excited to see them paired with the freshman group that's on campus right now too. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be, um, you know, a foundation for, you know, next couple of years of, of Red Raider baseball. So another, like you said, another impressive class. Uh, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to talking about coach Tadlock. I'm going to go to one of his childhood and current best friends uh, up in Norman um, and do the, the OU signing class. A um, couple things stuck out to me about this group. Um, they got 20, 21 guys in this class. Uh, only, only one from Oklahoma. Um, so interesting to see some of the, the change there um, with the new recruiting regime. Obviously Reggie uh, has, has done a really good job in a short time in that role. Um, and then hiring Todd Butler uh, to come in, you know, a guy that's, Got the Rolodex that can compete with just about anybody oh, in college yeah. baseball over time. Um, and seeing how they, you know, really targeted some guys just really all over the country. Um, a, a heavy Texas influence. Uh, obviously, a lot of Metroplex guys in this group. But uh, going through them, um, you know, one of the headline guys, Drew Dickerson, out of uh, shortstop out of Missouri, uh, was committed to uh, Missouri. Um, I believe. And then with this coaching changes made that switch. I think he actually committed to Butler way a long time ago um, when at Missouri, but um, uh, a really, just really good player. I think they see some Peyton Graham in him. Um, And, you know, if he turns out to be anything like Peyton Graham, that's a huge win. Yeah. Uh, Got shortstop Kyle Branch, a guy that we're big fans of from Lovejoy, Mm -hmm. Michael Catalano, a right-handed pitcher from Frisco that we've talked a lot about. Max Bushyhead, who we actually – he's the lone uh, Oklahoma signee Mm -hmm. um, who we get to see a lot because he plays for the Sticks, you know, younger brother of uh, Caleb Bushyhead. I mean, that's one thing. Like, Skip is big on family, you know, and and he's had a lot – of of siblings come through his programs over time and he picks the right ones he does um (laughs) and and that you know to see so you know like pearson reebok is another one he was Mm -hmm. before his brother got drafted and signed was scheduled to go and play with his brother um at ou but uh you know Corey cousin uh out of slidell um you know we we hosted the mantle uh at ou and he is the mvp of the tournament and Shortly thereafter, an OU commit. Um, some, some home field just, home field advantage there when just you see a guy just, from Louisiana win five player of the game awards at your park. Pretty good. <laughs> kind of an easy, um, kind of an like, easy one. One of the best single tournament performances that I've seen since we've Ever. been in this yeah. since I've been in this job. Um, yeah, going back to Reebok, uh, really like a lot about what he does from an athletic standpoint, um, and he's really come on as a pitcher too. Yes, yes. Skip is not afraid to use guys both ways. And there's a handful of guys that I'm going to mention that are going to have a chance to do some stuff both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first guys that Butler was really on uh, that I remember 
back when he got the job was Berkeley Roddy. He nailed um, that one. He did. And like, we have long been fans of Berkeley and, you know, the velo ticked up and early in the summer, he was one of the best guys we saw period. Um, mm-hmm. He is, you know, he plays on a winning team. He just, he gets big outs. He's competitive. You know, we've talked about his chance to possibly compete really early out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. just from the mentality standpoint. Um, and, you know, Skip's had a long, long line of guys that have come out of the pen um, early in their career to have really, uh, really outstanding college um, stints, you know, both at Oklahoma now and then Texas before. Uh, Riley Leininger, another kid, third baseman from Georgetown, uh, can swing it. Jaden Barfield, a guy that you really like, left-handed mm-hmm. pitcher out of Pearland. Uh, Jackson Riser, a right-handed pitcher out of Mountain Ridge in Utah. Um, basketball slider guy, got to see him uh, at Area Code. Jackson Kircher, power arm, power bat out of Little Rock Christian in Arkansas. Uh, Cade Dodson, a shortstop from Gunter. He's a guy that, you know, like he was a little bit under the radar, but man, like he fits that mold of what Reggie wants to do offensively. He can hit. To a yeah, he, can hit. He, he's a gamer too. I, I mm-hmm. think his dad, I, I want to say his dad played at Baylor, but man, just a tough kid. You know, he's going to gain some weight once he gets into a college program, but just a really, really good baseball player. Uh, Cole Hansen, um, catcher out of Norco in California. Uh, had a really good offensive area code performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, I mean, he had a really good game against the Texas team too. So, um, you know, he, 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 he really showed up in a big way against the best um, competition out there. Uh, and that'll be a good get for behind the plate. One guy, James Nesta um, is actually, he, I, I think will be playing for OU this season because um, he signs to play football uh, oh, wow. at OU in December. Um, I, I want to say he's kind of like a linebacker, hybrid defensive end type player in football, but it pitches uh, from Huff, North Carolina. Dylan Bouchelle, that name should be familiar to anybody hmm. who's been around the OU program or in the Metroplex. Uh, Brady Miller, a shortstop from West Allegheny in Pennsylvania. Mitch Haythorn, a uh, big arm out of Eaton High School in Colorado, guy that we've seen some in our stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like him. And, he, you know, shortly after we saw him really have a good outing and Melissa uh, was committed to OU um, by no surprise. And then they've got five junior college guys, Gavin Jones, uh, a guy that we're very familiar with, um, will probably be one of the most sought after arms in this part of the country. Um, yep. From a junior college standpoint, Dylan Tate, a right-handed pitcher from Jefferson College in Missouri. Cody Morris, a left-handed pitcher from Weatherford College, uh, originally from Katy. Uh, Nathan or Nathaniel Smithberg, left-handed pitcher from Indian Hills Community College in Iowa. And then one guy that they are super excited about, uh, Brandon Kane, is a right-handed pitcher, center fielder uh, from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. He can fly i think they, he's been in the six two six three range um, oh wow in the 60 and he's got some juice on the mound too um and really good prospect uh and so yeah it's a it's a really good class man like you can you know, like we talk about these patterns and stuff with with these coaches and the programs that they use to recruit you can always see what 
teams are either trying to do or if they just seemingly have no plan. And yeah. this is a group that clearly has a plan and a type, uh, you know, a bunch of really good arms that, you know, any – if if Skip wants a guy on the mound, I'm I'm all for it. You don't I don't have no questions asked for me uh on that side of it. And then, you know, I, I just I love the way they play offense. Um I think Reggie is really, really good. Um I like the way they play with the speed and the bunting and you know, they call it chaos and that's what it is. And there's a lot of guys in this list that we just rattled off that are gonna fit that mold really well. Uh, a bunch of really good baseball players. A uh, bunch of middle of the field guys, a uh, bunch of athletes. So um, hats off to them to a really good class. Like it's going to be, you know, I, I'm excited to see the effect that uh, Butler together with Reggie, um, what they continue to do and moving forward. And then, you know, like we talked about there, you always know what you're going to get on the pitching side with Skip. Mm -hmm. So without knowing and having seen some of these guys, um, I don't really have to know or see these guys to, to know that they're going to likely get there and really to continue to envelop, to develop on the mound. So um, a really good class for OU uh, fits a lot of needs. Um, got some real athletes with some real upside coming in on the next year. Yeah. I feel like they always do a good job of recruiting catchers. Um, yep. I mean, that's, that's something that I feel like every year they make it a point that we've got to sign a couple of good catchers mm -hmm. and they've got a, couple of good ones on this list here um yeah and like i knew berkeley roddy was good you guys saw him at the beginning of summer and then i saw him kind of in the middle late and then when i saw him again in the fall i was like oh my gosh like this might be the best fastball in the class like up to 94 24 inches inverted vertical break like it is a monster uh of a pitch and uh that's the type of guy that gets on campus and it's immediate impact and probably in a bullpen role initially uh, because it just, the stuff is going to play there right away, but a guy long-term that, that, that skip is going to have an opportunity to really develop. So yeah, good class. Like you said, they don't shy away from the two-way guys and, and maybe even using them two-way. You mentioned Reebok, Catalano kind of fits that mold as well, um, but a really, really good group. Um, athletic, skilled, you know, they got some pop in there as well. Good balance. Uh, to that recruiting class. But before I get to my mid-major group and tell you a little bit more about our friends at Hitforth, if you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed the coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have trackmen showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not just eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more and more towards embracing tech and data, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means that you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hitforth is the accountability. 
Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. And you can also follow those guys on Twitter um, at H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H and on Instagram as well. And yeah, to me, again, the most important word they put in there is it's accountability. Like every swing you take, every workout you do, everything, you're getting objective feedback. Um, because the proof is in their results and they get results. Uh, they really, really get results. We've, I've tweeted out a couple of examples. You can find a couple of examples on their website, guys experiencing tremendous gains in exit velocity, like 20 plus miles per hour, which is unheard of. Um, especially at the high school level, like think of yourself, if you're a player listening to this and you're a guy that went to a showcase and it's like 101 miles an hour off the bat. It's like, man, that's really, really good. You're in like the top, probably two, 3% of your class. You go to hit forth and work with those guys for, let's just say a year, you know, from your junior year to your senior year, you could be a guy that's 107, 108, 109, 112. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh my gosh, who is this guy who can hit the ball harder uh, than anybody else in the country for the high school class. I mean, they they have the objective feedback. It's there. It's video. It's metrics. It's all the stuff that matters. It's individualized programs that they gear specifically to the player, both on the strength and conditioning side, but also the hitting side as well. Full-time employees that are fully dedicated to crafting programs for you to get you better. Um, and it's the it's remote as well. If you're not in Austin, there's the remote ability, remote assessments, remote programs. I mean, I've seen it. I've watched these guys. They get into the office early on. They get the laptops out. They're individualizing those programs. Who's coming in? Okay, hey, who's going to have him today? What are we going to work on with this and this? Um, and also, too, you can log online. It's You need to look at a drill. They've got a video for it. A workout, a video for it. You, know, you want to know how you performed? Here's all the data that matters and an explanation for you. So go check those guys out at hitforth.com and on Twitter and Instagram um, at hitforth. My mid-major class today is going to be Sam Houston State. Um, always been a big, big fan of, of this program in general, but also on the recruiting side, like I feel like they always do a really good job of finding under-the-radar uh, gems that end up really popping at the next. I mean, just look at some of the guys they've had drafted um, in recent years. But uh, a couple of my, uh, a few of my favorite guys, <coughs> excuse me, on this list were actually summer teammates for a long, long time from the Houston Heat program, Braden Scherzer and Parker Blackman. Uh, I mean, if you can click on Braden Scherz, Scherzer's five tool page, and I feel like this is a guy I've written about for years because every single time I'd ever see this team play, he hit, he hit from the left side, always hit. Um, and then I go watch Tom ball last spring in the playoffs and he's hitting cleanup for Tom ball. And we know how loaded that Tom ball lineup is um, just one of the better left-handed hitter, hitters in the state. He's a skilled guy, uh, can play infield, can play outfield, um, the type of player I feel like Sam Houston State does really, really well with. Hey, he's a skilled baseball player. He can hit. We'll find we'll find a home for him and get him in the lineup somewhere. Um, and then another guy, Parker Blackman from Grand Oaks, left-hitting hitting center fielder. He's long time been a guy that's like, hey, wait, you know, wait till you see this guy. He's really athletic. He can really, really run. Once he gets a little bit stronger, 
he's going to be a dude. Well, he got he got a little bit stronger this summer, really impacted the baseball, major bat speed from the left side, really rotates well, can go and get it in center field. Um, to me, he might end up being a sneaky draft prospect guy because everybody's going to go see Mark Barnhart on Houston Tomlinson, which means they're going to see Parker Blackman as well. And they're like, man, who's this left-handed hitting center fielder that can fly down the line, that can go get it in the outfield and that projects a little physically as well. Um, so he's going to be a guy, I think, I wouldn't shock me if a few scouts are like, hey man, what's up with this Parker Blackman guy um, in the spring, but a really good gift for Sammy State there. And another Tom Hall guy, Keegan Demmer, we saw in the summer with uh, Adam Dunn's Marucci team and uh, a sneaky good catcher because, you know, obviously Tom Ball, Cater, and Beattie does a lot of the catching. So Keegan Demmer probably doesn't catch much, but he caught some for that Marucci team. And it was impressive. Really strong arm, physical kid, uh, power from the right side. I saw him in the playoffs against Braden Sharp, uh, who was a top 10 five-tool guy, went to Tennessee, um, hammered a bomb off the scoreboard against Braden Sharp and had some really, really good swings against him. Um, had had some big time performances throughout uh, throughout his high school season at Tomball, um, and then another guy AJ Atkinson, another left handed hitting outfielder that can really really run um, from Katie. Um, you know these guys have had a lot of success with with athletic outfielders that project, that can hit, that can run. I mean, think of guys like Colton Kowser and guys like that um, who have kind of come through their program there. Uh, and then Tate Hickman, a guy that I think is 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 kind of a good example of. You know, I, I feel like Texas or excuse me, Sammy State does a good job of going to places like East Texas or South Texas or just kind of, you know, the, your non-traditional powerhouse 6A programs and going to get some really, really good players. And Tate Hickman's got some really loud tools. Um, two-way guy can run it up there really well on the mound. Um, got some exciting hitting tools as well. Um, good size at like 6'3", 180, 190. Uh, kind of guy that shows up the same Houston state. And you're like, man, where did they get this guy from? Um, it ends up being a guy that, that scouts pay close attention to. Um, but it, it's a pretty small class right now, but you know, I, they've always, I think done a really, really good job of, they kind of don't panic and take a bunch of early commitments. They stick to their evaluations. They've got a lot of great resources around the state and they find those gems that are just kind of hanging out there um, and, and they do a good job kind of at the Juco level as well. So um, Sam Houston State, uh, another good class for those guys, and that program is going to continue to keep keep rolling. I'm, I'm talk, I forget what Scott I was talking to, but uh, they've got a catcher this year that came from, I think, Gregory Portland, um, kind of yeah. a smaller school. And that's just an example of what Sam Houston State does. Like these guys that aren't these big famous names – um, that kind of fly under the radar. They do a really good job finding these guys and they get them on campus and they develop them. It's all of a sudden two, three years later, it's like, man, where did this guy come from? He's going to be a day two MLB draft pick. I mean, that's just kind of what they've done for years now. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that same way, I, you know, I, I did UT Arlington um, and they kind of, I wanted to do them just because it kind of highlights what I think a lot of these mid-major programs are doing. And I, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, smaller classes, uh, the guys that are signing signed yesterday, um, they make a lot of sense for these programs. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to sit back and wait and see how the spring goes for the junior college guys kind of assess their own programs needs. And then, you know, pick off some guys that end up not going to some of the bigger schools or, mm -hmm. you know, really capitalizing on the portal. Um, so 
you know, I, I think that, I think that route makes a lot of sense. Um, yep. And it'll be interesting to follow how, to see how much that continues to be a thing. Um, but uh, I really like Clay's class. Um, you know, it's four guys, but like I said, the four guys really make sense to me. Aiden Barron uh, from Byron Nelson, uh, you know, like they put up absolutely absurd numbers in the playoffs or all, all season long from a pitching standpoint. And Aiden was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I think he can really pitch. Um, he's a pitchability guy, um, which, I, you know, I know UTA will have a need for immediately. Um, they're going to be a program that needs guys like this that can come in and eat innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy, Matthew Taylor, big fan of his uh, left-handed pitcher out of Keller, uh, recently committed to UTA after having been committed to Arkansas State. Uh, but good to see him staying close to home. Uh, he can really pitch. You know, the, just one of the long, one of the names on a long list of pitching for Keller lately um, that he's going to be, you know, part of a, a really good staff again. Uh, but left-handed pitcher knows how to pitch, uh, really good work ethic, uh, just a, a really good fit for that program. Um, Hayes Melville from Southlake, uh, you know, I know, you know, we talked about chaos uh, coming from Oklahoma and, you know, Clay was a big part of that. Uh, you know, he helped run the, run the offense there at OU. And, you know, so he's used to having really twitchy athletic players. Um, and these next two guys kind of fit that Hayes Melville mm-hmm. uh, is a guy that came to our events and threw hard, hit the ball hard, ran fast, like just, you know, a very twitchy athlete. Um, and you know, he's good on the mound. You know, I, I didn't know this before, but I think he swims for South Lake. I think he's a swimmer. So oh, wow. hasn't, hasn't spent a, a ton of time pitching, uh, up to this point, but man, the arm is big time. Um, there, and there's a lot more in there too. Uh, I was impressed with him all summer, really good player, uh, for the dirt bags. And I think he's going to have a big year for South Lake. Uh, and then miles Siptak um, uh, from Bridgeland. Um, oh, is that when that went in? Yeah. So he is, um, he is extremely athletic, can really, really run. The tools yeah. are very, very loud. Um, and you know, Clay is a big fan of having these athletes and those two guys are definitely that. And, um, having that level of talent infused into that program is going to be, uh, you know, it, it's impressive. I mean, like, you know, they, they performed, way above expectation last year. Um, and I, I think that, you know, as long as Clay stays there, I think they're going to be a program that keeps guys in the DFW area, which is what they should do. I know Miles is obviously from Houston, but the other three are DFW kids. Um, but it's going to be a – there's no reason that UTA shouldn't win. Um, and I think Clay has a really good feel for who's out there, uh, what he needs and, mm-hmm. and and the way to go about acquiring those types of players that take them to that next level and and make them really competitive in this part of the country. So um, I, I I wanted to highlight them because of that, you know, kind of like you did the Sam Houston class, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit smaller than some of the big ones that we've talked about, but they um, they definitely there's there's a method to the madness and, you know, it's going to be, it's tough to argue with, you know, like 
Sam Houston before the success they've had. And, yeah. and, you know, it'll be interesting to follow Clay and see how he continues to move that program forward. So, but uh, what he did yesterday is obviously a good start and good sign for that class that'll come in next year. So, yeah, really love them getting SIPTAC. Like you said, super athletic. I mean, it's like six, five, 60. I've had him three, nine down the line before huge outfield arm, really athletic, major bat speed. I mean, He's the classic example of a guy that could boom at the next level, um, you know, more consistent swing, um, get that athleticism in, in that that bat speed and get some rhythm to it, move in the right direction consistently. And that's a guy that could really, really pop. Um, he's been a guy that's had some really loud moments for Bridgeland for years. And that's a program that if you're playing there at a young age, chances are you're, you're a heck of a player. So like you said, I, I think it's a great strategy. Um, you know, there's, especially in the state of Texas and especially in the area like DFW, they're always going to be really, really talented high school players, um, still, you know, kind of hanging out that want to play D one baseball and, and want to be able to come in and compete right away and, and, uh, really have that high end talent that could really, really go off the next level. So, um, you know, UT, I think is, is on the right path there and another program that we see out recruiting, um, all the time as well. So. Well, uh, let's wrap up with our five individual player uh, junior college commitments. I went through and we just went through and highlighted five guys that, that you know, we're fans of and, you know, the potential fit of those junior college programs that they're committed to and things like that. And um, I'm going to start with a guy from your neck of the woods, Keller Lindman, um, heading to Midland College, right in a pitcher from Rockwall. Saw him really early on um, in an early season tournament last spring. And I think it might have been his first varsity start. Um, and I was like, man, this guy throws a lot of strikes, works well, repeats his delivery, great makeup on the mound. I was like, this guy's going to throw some, you know, some really important innings for these guys this year. And as as we thought, you know, we got into the summer, the velocity kept trending up, kept throwing a ton of, ton of strikes with all his pitches. Had a really good summer um, in the Midland College, made to move to, to lock him in. And I think he's going to have a really big season there at Rockwall, heading to his his, uh, his, his senior year for those guys. Um, Donnie Edgar, right-handed pitcher, heading to Panola. Kind of the classic guy that that I like that heads to a Juco level. Um, really quick arm, just needs to get stronger, more physical. But you look at the delivery and the athleticism in it and how quick the arm moves and you know, the ability to spin a breaking ball as well. I think he's been up to, I believe, 89, 90, maybe 91 miles an hour. Those are the kind of guys I like betting on at the next level. Kind of reminds me some of, of Clayton Freshcorn last year who headed to McLennan, who was kind of that classic, you know, athletic infielder type arm and delivery, uh, but could really run it up there on the mound. So um, good get from Panola. A couple of Cisco College guys, Dawson Cleveland from Wiley High School, uh, physical catcher, um, can impact the baseball. Uh, he's got some skill behind the dish. Um, if you look at what you, you know, ideally when you start thinking about what you want a high school catcher to look like and move like in, in the type of talent, um, Dawson Cleveland checks a lot of those boxes. And I know he was a guy that was in high demand um, by numerous Juco programs around the state of Texas and Cisco landed a really, really good one there. I mean, the recent commitment they landed Maverick minister, a left-handed pitcher from, uh, from Smithson Valley she saw him in a February scrimmage last spring and um, kind of your classic, like tall, long, skinny lefty is like, Hey, this guy's going to fill out. The velocity is going to keep ticking up. 
And he's got this curveball that like guys just don't hit. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the arm slot. I don't, I don't know if it's the shape. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but guys just don't do not hit his breaking ball. And um, I know he went down to a showcase that our buddy Donald Boyle had some video coverage from that a bunch of junior colleges went to. And, um, you know, velocity has been trending up and, and Cisco jumped on it. I think that's a guy that's going to throw a lot of strikes uh, and that fastball curveball combo. Uh, I think he's going to play well at the next level. And then my last one, um, Andrew Fonte heading to San Jacinto college. Um, I think is probably one of the better, you know, potential catch and throw guys behind the dish you know, kind of similar to Dawson Cleveland, like physically he looks like a guy that's going to go to a junior college and be able to catch innings. Like he's ready from that side. Um, he's always been a guy that's had some good pop times, kind of in the one nine two Oh range. And uh, I think there's his defensive ability alone, I think is going to make him a candidate to contribute there early on at San Jacinto. And he's gotten stronger as well. I, I saw some recent video of him can impact the baseball from the right side. Um, a good get for, for San Jacinto and a guy that I think, uh, we could be talking about a couple of years as, as a guy that's really made some things happen behind the dish for those guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay behind the plate and uh, go with Josiah Mackey. Um, the guy that we've really liked uh, mm-hmm. in the summer, the last couple of summers uh, going to Dodge city recent commit. Um, so big, uh, good job by Eli Egger and Brett Doe coming down to get him. Um, I really like what those guys do. They're everywhere uh Eli's one of my one of my favorite guys out on the road he's he's a character and and he gets after it he he hustles and works and always knows what's going on um my next guy is Landon Cochran um who was at North Forney now at Rockwall but uh don't think he's going to be able to play this year uh because of a UIL ruling um but a really good get for Grayson uh athletic left-handed hitter uh, can play the infield, play outfield. Um, sadly, he won't get to play this season because I, he's a really good player. And in my opinion, he should be playing. Um, but uh, regardless, it's still a really good get for Grayson. Uh, Cole McCoy, uh, a guy that we've seen a lot. Like I've known him, him since, yeah. since he was little. Um, from, you know, he he's a guy too. He's coming off of not getting to play because of UIL rules. Um last year at Arlington Martin, uh, but we'll be there uh, going to Seminole. Uh, you know, I've known, like I said, I've known him for a long time. He used to come to camps when I was at Texas. Dad has a really extensive background in baseball. Uh, kid really knows how to play the game. Uh, yep. Really always in the right spot, uh, understands timing and tempo at, at the plate and in the field. So excited for him to have a big spring uh, for Martin. Uh, Colton Claprot. Uh, going to Howard uh, from Eaton, uh, big physical left-handed hitting catcher, first baseman. Um, that I mean, he's got some real juice. So that was a really good get for Howard. Uh, and then one of our favorites all time uh, off of our academic team, the Gus Bus. Gus, yeah, um, big Gus. Well, Gus going to El Paso Community College. Um, you know, and I know you've talked about it too. He can swing it and he, he can, can pitch hit. it. Yeah, I mean, he and on top of that, he's just a guy that you want on your team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he, we talk about how important the clubhouse and chemistry is for the Rangers. Um, Gus is a guy that will fit that to a T. Like, he's just one of those guys that always brings energy. You know you're going to get a best effort from him. Um, just 
we're huge fans and we always will be. Uh, he still sends me uh, his quesadilla ratings from different places. Um, I was going to say the El Paso quesadilla and burrito scene is in trouble. Cause, cause yeah. Gus is Gus is gonna do some work. Gus is gonna do some work in El Paso, um, and he might need to start like an Instagram account just dedicated to his El Paso uh, uh, food chronicles. The the Gus bus heads west. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big fan of that. Good get for El Paso. Uh, we're we've always been huge fans, and will continue to be. And uh, Gus, when you listen, uh, make sure to keep up those reviews because we need them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he took some of the best swings I saw anybody ever take against Travis Sakura. Like, I mean, he's, you know, Gus gets in there, man. He's got a ton of confidence. He's got a good left-handed swing. I, I think El Paso is 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 going to love having that guy in the program, but also in the lineup as well. So I think he can – he can swing it, but um, well, that wraps up our, our second edition of going through and, and highlighting some signing classes and some individual um, player junior college commitments. Again, a really, really exciting time for, for players um, sending in that paperwork to become signees at their respective programs. So congratulations to all those players, all those coaches, all those families I know how many, you know, years of hard work and sacrifices and everything else went into that, that culmination there yesterday. And and even, you know, the guys that are signing today and tomorrow and so forth uh, before the window closes there. So congrats to, uh, to all those players. Um, you got anything else before we get out here? Man, it is pouring. Football. Um, yeah. Same here. Football. Oh, okay. Well, what do you, what do you got on the, what do you got on the football brain bef- before we get out of here? Um, is Quinn going to play this Saturday? I think he does. You think he does? Okay. Oh, oh, as, as you said that Danny Davis just tweeted that Sark announces that Quinn yours will start. Wow. Okay. Literally, as you said that, that was unbelievable. That was, I have a, unbelievable. I have a knack for that, I guess. Um, so, okay. Wow. Interesting. That's, uh, Kind of, I thought it was going to take him another week, just purely on the on the injury, not from anything I heard. I thought I was like, man, he's probably might take another week, but uh, wow, okay, that is a uh, big news there. There for long, does that change how you feel about the weekend at all? Um, I like that. I mean, assuming he is healthy, I think that's a a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, Malik was good at times, but I I don't trust it yet. So, um. But you can see the glimpses there. I think you know. Yeah. I, you've seen some of the Texas guys referring to last year's game, which I think is a good sign that they're paying attention to that versus TCU's record because their record is, you know, not in indicative of how well they can play on a given day. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, take care of business and just keep keep going. Um, Cowboys, I, you know, I, I actually le- left that game encouraged. Um, I think that they'll beat Philadelphia in the future. Um, I just, uh, you know, some stuff that you'd want back from that game, certainly. Um, but man, like, I mean, you needed to be able to show that you could compete with the top teams versus just beating up on the bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 
I left that game encouraged. It was frustrating, of course, but um, I think they'll get them in the end. I, that, that's just such – so I hope they line up with them in the playoffs as opposed to the 49ers. It's just so much better of a matchup for them. Yeah. Uh, and if, if Tyron Smith can stay healthy, they're in good shape uh, on the line. I still think the line is way overrated, but, I mean, he played at an elite level uh, this past weekend. So if you can continue to have that as well as – and along with as well as Tyler Smith has played so far this year, and Terrence Steele can continue to – he needs to pick it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, I know he's coming back early from a from a serious injury, um, but man, he 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 had a rough one on Sunday. So, um, yeah, well, big yeah. big news big news for the Longhorns as they enter that that back to back road game stretch with TCU this weekend, and then then Iowa State after that a, a night game um, in Ames. Just a do whatever you got to do to get out of there with wins type situation and. And, and keep chugging along in there. So uh, anxious to see what Ewers looks like and really just the confidence level he's going to have and, and sticking in the pocket and things like that. Cause well, you know, and, and too, like, you know, typically, typically, typically knock on all the wood. He, he's not turnover prone. That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that can beat you on the road. Yeah. On the road. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that, that part of it gives me as much hope as anything. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, Steelers still um, playing a lot of very, very ugly football, um, but playing really well defensively. And I mean, I'm glad that I do not have to watch that every week. That's not fun. It's it's really not not enjoyable. Um, <laughs> and they got the Packers at home this week, winnable game because the Packers are kind of in the same mess type situation. But then they go to Cleveland, to Cincinnati. But really, after that, man, it's like. Arizona at home, New England at home, at Indianapolis, Cincinnati at home. I mean, it's a little stretch there where they can maybe grab a few wins and do the whole Tomlin thing where they just find a way to finish above 500 and get in the playoffs and then get smoked because they just don't have the ability on offense to really compete with the true uh, the true team. So it's it's not quite NFL purgatory, but, man, it it, it certainly feels like this organization is just kind of stuck in a – Good enough to make the playoffs, not good enough to really have any realistic shot at doing damage um, in the playoffs. Which I guess there 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 are certainly worse situations. Um, you know, it's not like I'm the Arizona Arizona Cardinals fan or something like that. But well, at least yeah. they're tanking. At least they're tanking. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, Tyler it's... Tyler's playing this week. He is. Yeah. That'll and James, Con- I think James Conner might be coming back too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that that'll be interesting. Yeah, they they've but, uh, done they've done it the right they've done it the right way. Like they've they've been competitive while tanking. Like best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Josh Dobbs is a nice little story for them. You know, a guy they ended up trading to Minnesota, and what a crazy story that was. And wild. Kind of, it kind of speaks to what the Steelers would always say about him, just like how extremely intelligent he was. Like, and, the, and just like the when they showed that- him. When they showed him taking snaps on yeah. the sidelines with the rest of the line huddled around him, just so they could hear what his yeah. actual cadence is, yep. that was that like hammered incredible. it home for me. It's, it's, it's insane. Incredible. Yeah, and that's the kind of like I feel like you see it in the NFL more than any other professional sport. 
is that like a team that will rally around something like that? Like, you know, those offensive linemen were just like fired up to just like go out and work for, for that guy, given the situation. Like, look at the Raiders deal, which, you know, they get rid of Josh McDaniels, which if you want an example of why owners are indeed as dumb as many people say they are, is everybody's like, why would you ever hire Josh McDaniels? He's terrible. He's not a good person. Oh, the Raiders hired him and paid him a lot of money. Guess what happened? Everybody hated him. It's like the moment they get him out of there, Antonio Pierce just gets those guys to play at a level that they haven't played at all season and just a really dominant performance. So I feel like you see that in the NFL more than any other sport is, is like a collective unit that will rally around things and really go perform um, at a high level. So that Josh Dobbs story was incredible. But uh, big one for the Knowles this weekend. You got yeah. Miami limping to Tallahassee. And I think Mike Norvell's got that- hundreds of, of recruits yeah. that are coming. So fingers crossed the unexpected result does not happen. Um, because you I mean, you never truly know in a rivalry game what things are gonna look like, but Miami does come limping into this. Like they don't even know who they're gonna play at quarterback. I was hoping it was gonna be a night game, uh, because it's just like the the atmosphere they've created at night at Doe Campbell has just been phenomenal. But um, certainly take a, a 2.30 kickoff, as long as it's not a torrential downpour like it was a long, long time ago. But I still believe they can play that game that Sean Taylor dominated uh, back in the early 2000s. But, um, yeah, so that, that wraps up our hard-hitting football analysis portion of the Five Tool podcast. <laughs> uh, well, well, happy first birthday to, to the little guy. Um, yeah. Hope he, hope he does well. Hope he has a good time. Hope you guys celebrate without many meltdowns. Um, I can tell you, Lucy, Lucy's like six months ahead of him, and about three yeah. months ago, two months ago, we get into this stage. We're like, okay, she's about to be a toddler, and it's about yeah. to be it's about to be a, an adorable problem. Um, yes, because she is smart, I can- and she she like runs like Jack like walked super late. Like she walked early and she like runs like she she's oh, yeah. a runner. And I'm like, yeah. oh boy, she gets in there. We got we came out of the room one day and she was standing up on a chair, not holding on to anything. It's like, how did you get up there? What are you? Ay, 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 ay. Yeah, the, all those all those little videos of like first kid versus second kid yeah. are true. They're, they're true. true. They're yeah. they're true. Yeah, and she learns she learns all of the good and bad things that her brother does. So um yeah but fun fun times fun times uh speaking of i probably need my second coffee um, yeah after after an early wake up today but uh well congrats again to all those players and, and families that experienced you know their sign day moment yesterday and, and we'll experience them in the future um know how exciting that is and, and how satisfying and rewarding all that hard work is because no matter where you go uh it's you put in the work um and it's in a heck of an accomplishment so congratulations uh, to all those people. But that wraps us up for episode 133 of the Five Tool Podcast. You can follow us at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Drew and I as well on Twitter um, at Dustin L. McComas and at Drew H. Bishop on Twitter as well uh, to catch up with everything that we're doing on the Five Tool coverage side. But uh, until we talk to you all next time, uh, have a good weekend and take care.